reading from verse 14, a profoundly powerful portion of Scripture. It says, "For I'm reading from the NIV translation. It says, For He Himself is our peace, who has made the two one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in His flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in Himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which He put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. To me, it's a wonderful portion of Scripture, but this morning's focus is how Jesus has come and broken the dividing wall. And not only did He break the dividing wall, but He built bridges where we can access and cross over and unite. Now the interesting thing in those four portions of four verses, eight times Jesus is mentioned in there. Last week, as I said to you before, is whenever I look at the Bible, I'm looking for Jesus. I look for Jesus in every chapter, in every paragraph, in every verse, and in every word. And somebody said, well, Wally, I, I can't see Jesus in those four passage verses that you just read. Let's just read it again, and I'll emphasize where it's, He's there. Verse 14, for He Himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing it in His flesh. The law with its commandments and regulations, His purpose was to create in Himself one new man. Then it continues, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which He put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to those who are far and those who are near. Eight times he's mentioned in that small portion of Scripture. Can I say to you this morning, you'll always find what you're looking for. You'll always find what you're looking for. And when you look for him, you'll find him. The first thing that Jesus came to do with breaking down walls was to break down the wall that sin created when Adam sinned. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden by disobeying God, there was a wall of separation. Our sin made a separation between God and us. But Jesus came and not only broke that wall down, but through His death, He reunited us together with Himself that we can experience oneness with Him on every level. The Bible says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. God wants us to begin to think like Him, feel like Him, walk and live and talk in Him. There's a beautiful oneness in that. Secondly, Jesus came to break down the walls that people have built up around themselves through the various man-made laws, commands, and regulations that Paul speaks about there. We're looking here and we can look at each other, but between us, Sometimes we've built walls, and we'll look at some of those invisible walls a little bit later. But thirdly, I believe Jesus came and currently is breaking down the walls 
between local churches that the one new man, the one body, can begin to rise up and begin to merge to reflect Jesus. I believe the end time church is going to be a church without walls. A church without walls. The reason being is that those inside the church can go out and tell those who are yet to believe. And those on the outside can easily come in that we don't make it difficult for them to come in with all sorts of various rules and regulations. As Paul said in Acts 15:19, with reference to the Gentiles, let's not make it difficult for them to come in. Now, as we look at that dividing wall, it's interesting that it's called a dividing wall. Can I say anything or most times in Scripture where the word divide or division or subtraction is, it's the work of the enemy. God is a God of addition and multiplication. And I want to say to you and declare to you this morning that when we seek to break down walls that divide and build bridges that bridge the gap, we can expect God's addition and multiplication of blessing and authority and anointing in and upon our lives. God wants to add and multiply to us. Not only does He want us to break that wall down, but if you look at that wall, it's a wall with an attitude. Look at it for a moment. It says it's described as hostile. So it's a war with attitude. Have you ever seen a person that's hostile towards you? There's like that, that dare look. There's that swagger about them. There's that stance about them where you know they mean business. It's like war. If you look at the word hostility, it's anger, aggression, resentment, Enmity, there's an argumentativeness. Can I say to you this morning that Jesus Christ at the cross demolished hostility and what is the opposite to hostility is peace. Jesus four times in that portion of scripture, you can read it four times and it starts off for he himself is our peace. Verse 16, he made peace. So that in one body to reconcile us both. He came and preached peace to those who are far and peace to those that are near. Jesus is not only the Prince of Peace in Isaiah, but He's also the King of Peace in the book of Hebrews. That you and I can have peace with God, the peace of God, and peace with one another. Jesus wants to break down those dividing walls that there would be one body, one new man that could emerge. The particular wall was the Jews and the Gentiles, those that are covenant people, those that aren't. He wants to demolish things that the Christ in us can be reflected out. I want you to think for a moment expressions and sayings about walls. Most of them are not too good. For example, so-and-so is driving me up the wall. It's not a cool expression. If I look at, at you with affection and say, you're driving me up the wall, you can't even say that nicely. It, does, it loses its oomph. Because there's got to be a bit of hostility in you when you use that phrase. For ex- or another one. You've got your back to the wall. That's another expression that's not the greatest. In other words, you're cornered. Your back is against the wall. Or there's the wall of suspicion. 
And I believe Jesus is wanting to break all those plus more walls that we can become the church He's ordained and purposed from the beginning of time. Not confined to four walls, but going to the ends of the earth. Now if you look at walls literally, generally they kept to protect us, to keep privacy, to keep in, uh, 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 intruders out. But the very walls we build to protect tragically become walls that imprison us. You might say, oh, my home is my castle. It's not a prison. I don't have those walls. Can I say to you, do you know your neighbors by name? No, no, don't. Then you've actually got a prison, not a home. Do you know them that live across the road? Do you know them by name? Do you know where they are? If you don't, the walls that surround you are a prison. Then there's relational walls that we build around our hearts to protect us But what happens is they isolate us and they bring great loneliness. Can I say in the kingdom of God, loneliness should never be a word we use if we're building bridges and breaking down walls. Then there's also the petty doctrinal walls that have robbed us of creativity and colorful diversity. And I believe God is wanting to break those down so that we can learn from one another and grow together in grace. Can I say the big issue is not, do I pray in other tongues or don't I? And often that's divided us, that's petty. The real issue is, are you being a witness and loving your neighbor as Jesus would want? Can I say we need to be more open-handed than closed-handed on doctrine? I'm not talking about compromising on major redemptive doctrines like the divine inspiration of Scripture or the virgin birth or Christ's atonement at Calvary for us or His bodily resurrection or His second coming. I'm not talking about compromising on major doctrine. But so often we've made minors majors and those are walls that have divided. But can I tell you what? The Lord is causing them to come down. I believe for the kingdom's sake and for evangelism's sake, Jesus' prayer in John 17 is going to be answered. And I want to be a part of answering that prayer by seeing walls come down on every level and every way. How does God bring it together? Can I say when we begin to focus on the head of the body, not the body itself? Because the head is perfect, the body is being perfected. It is growing up. But if we look at our bodies, we'll always see fault. Can I say to you, it's not just ladies. If I ask a question, ladies, just name me one or two things you'd like different about your body. Or you could just raffle them off like that. Guys are not far behind. We'd like bigger guns, bigger six-pack, bigger calves, bigger whatever. Can I tell you what? If we keep looking at the body, we'll always find fault. But if we look at the head who is perfect, he perfects us. Can I encourage you to do that? Last Sunday, we had the Anglican minister come and visit us. He was a new, I didn't know who he was when he introduced myself, and I was just so excited to meet him, chat with him, etc. God is building bridges. As some of you are aware, we spent three months in Mauritius serving a church there, and six weeks before we left, the Anglican church got a new minister, Brian and his wife. And can I tell you what, 
within half an hour, we had connected to such a way it was like we knew each other forever. And it was so good. We were the only two English-speaking churches in that whole larger part of the southwest of the island. But tell you what, what we, our differences didn't matter because what we had in common was far more than was, that was different. And as we begin to focus on what we have in common, can I say to you, God will break through in greater measure and ways. Can I say in our generation, I'm talking those of 50 plus, we've seen walls come down. How many of you witnessed the Berlin Wall between East and West Germany come down? How many of you saw the Iron Wall, the Iron Curtain rust, and it all just disintegrate? Can I say there's the Great Wall of China that is busy toppling? Because the underground church in China is beginning to rise up with strength and with power. Can I say to you there's physical, literal walls, but they're equally invisible walls that many of you here this morning have seen tumbling, come tumbling down. The invisible wall of apartheid. We've seen that wall come down. What was apartheid? Apart and hate. That's what that caused in our society. But what's going to mend it is when we do the very opposite and come together and love. The very opposite. And it's all come through various different things. Can I say we begin, we build walls when we look at life through the lenses of laws, rules, and regulations, but we build bridges when we look at life through the lens of grace. If you look at life through the laws, rules, oh, they should be this, they should be doing this, they're not doing that, we stop erecting walls. But when we look at life and people through the eyes of grace, we build bridges and bridges connect. Jesus, the Bible says here, in the flesh, he did something powerful, prophetic, and personal that broke down walls. I want to give you some examples in the Gospels for you to see what I mean. For example, in Matthew chapter 8, from verse 1 or 2, lepers in Bible times were the outcasts of society. They were diseased and they lived outside in small communities away from family and friends. They carried a bell and wherever they went, they cried, unclean, unclean, and everybody scattered and ran. Imagine the walls of rejection, loneliness, isolation. Imagine never getting a hug from your wife or your kids or your friends. Imagine the pain of isolation and separation. Jesus came. And when the leper dared to come to Jesus, he could have been stoned because he violated laws, rules, and regulations. Jesus said, no, no, no. And you know what? Jesus never spoke a word. He went and he touched. And in that moment, he broke down those thick walls that round those lepers' minds and emotions I could just imagine it wasn't just a touch, it was an embrace. And after that, he was cleansed and totally made whole. I want to say to you this morning, what are some of the people with leprosy or diseased in some way in your community that you've labeled by looking at them through laws, commands, and regulations instead of grace? Could be AIDS, could be divorce, could be homeless, it could be whatever it is. What are you doing about breaking that wall down and building a bridge? 
In Matthew chapter 9, verse 10, 11, there was another group of people called tax collectors and sinners that were also outcasts. What did Jesus do? He broke that wall down and he ate with them, he drank with them, he told jokes of the day and just loved them. The religious people who lived by laws, rules and regulations started saying, how can your Messiah, how can your Savior do that? You just don't do those kind of things. See, they built walls around themselves. Jesus came down to break those walls down that we could live free, we could move forward and see the kingdom advanced. In John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman. Can I say, Samaritan and a woman. Those are two groupings of people that were so pushed aside by the religious leaders of the day. In fact, one of the accusations against Jesus was that he was a Samaritan and had a demon. A demon had a higher status than a Samaritan. And they may brought that accusation against Jesus, but Samaritans were half Assyrian, half Jew, and they were treated as outcasts. And now Jesus comes and he uses the good Samaritan as an illustration. Remember the lepers, and the one was a Samaritan that came and gave thanks to Jesus. What was Jesus doing in the religious mindsets, trying to break the wall down and say, I don't have a us and a them, it's a we. And I say to you this morning that sometimes in our thinking we've built walls towards people that he wants to break down. Can I say national and international? If you read in Acts chapter 1 verse 3, after Jesus' resurrection, he comes and speaks with his disciples. And the Bible says he spoke about the kingdom of God. He spoke about his kingdom that was going to come. And they got all excited in verse 6. They say to him, Jesus, when will you restore the kingdom to Israel? What was in those Jewish mindsets? A wall, Israel. What was in God's heart and mind when he still thought of the kingdom? The world. So often we've just got small thinking instead of big thinking like God. And it's, if I'm okay and fine, it's cool. No, no, God's heart is for the world. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit that you'd be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Can I say, Peter had a wall in his mind when God said, I want you to take the gospel to the Gentiles. He had a wall in his mind. That's why he was, remember he was, he was hungry and he was in Acts uh, chapter 10, he was on the roof and God gave him that vision of that sheep that came down from heaven. Do you remember? And God said, kill, eat, have it. And he said, no, 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 no. I've never touched anything that's unclean. And God says to him, Peter, don't call anything unclean that I've made clean. How many of us need a vision from heaven like that? Where in our thinking, we've labeled things as unclean, where God says, no, they're clean. I want to say to you this morning, God wants us to look deep in our hearts and minds that we start thinking like kingdom people. We need to have the community, the city, the nation, the nations on our heart. I want to say, you know who God had when he saw the Gentile door? It was Cornelius, his family, his household. And a centurion is responsible for what? A hundred soldiers. See, God had all of that in mind. And then he saw those Roman soldiers taking the gospel on those Roman roads, wherever they were posted. 
See, God's heart is for the nations of the world. As I draw the conclusion, it's interesting. We're talking about breaking down walls and building bridges. When the nation of Israel came out of Egypt, where God delivered them in a phenomenal way with those ten plagues. It's interesting, on their way to the promised land, they faced two walls. The two walls, the first one you can read it, those that are making notes in Joshua chapter 3, it was the wall of water. The Jordan River, the Bible says, was in full flood, and there before them was a wall of water. And then, of course, as you know, Joshua 6 was the walled city. But it was interesting what caused that invisible wall of water to part. It was when the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, symbolic of the presence of God, when they stepped into that river, it parted. I want to say, leaders, if you're a leader in any sphere, way or whatever, you need to be stepping out that God can step in to break down walls to bring unity. I could just imagine the king of Jericho sitting up on his wall thinking to himself, ha, this flooded river Jordan is a wall they'll never be able to cross in a million years. And when they saw the priest with the ark of the covenant, they thought, huh, what are these others going to try to build a bridge over the flooded river? But it was just one little step into the river that caused the flood to come. I want to say to you this morning, is God wants us to begin to step out, that He can step in. The walls of Jericho, it was the people that walked around the walls and they collectively shouted together that caused those walls to come tumbling down. I want to say to you, whether it's an invisible wall of water or a literal wall, God wants those walls to come down, that the kingdom can come in, that many can be saved, that His kingdom can advance. David said this in Psalm 18, verse 29. With your help, I can advance against the troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. I want to say to you this morning as a church, as a congregation, two communities, there's many walls that God wants us to scale. Internal, invisible walls. And some literal, physical one. I remember in Fred, when we used to go door to door, connecting and meeting our neighbors and friends. I remember going with, with Peter, and we'd knock on the door. And, and he was an Indian friend of mine in our community. And I, and I saw the curtains move. And then they mentioned in Afrikaans, let the dogs out. And we had a run. We had a run. Because they let their dogs out through the back door. We ran out the gate. We said, we'll come back another time. <laughs> what was in their minds? The wall of a part and hate. And we were being a prophetic act of going together just to love. But God broke through as you persist and continue. Can I say to you this morning, there's the risk of bridge building is greater than the walls of isolation and separation. I want to charge you this morning, take the risk. Reach out in faith and in love. Like Jesus touched the leper, he spoke to the Samaritan woman. He had meals with the sinners and tax collectors. Who are you connecting with by building a bridge to those who are yet to believe? Can I say, don't let their response 
affect or impact you in any way whatsoever because we live by the greater one who lives on the inside of us. Can I say the reward of connecting with people who are different to us is so enriching. It is so enriching. So enriching. I want to urge and encourage you. Find people that are different to you. Connect with them. It will be so enriching. The concluding questions. What walls do you need to break down or climb over? And what walls around your heart, your thinking, your relationships and doctrine that are robbing you of the spacious places in Christ and from reaching others for the King? Those are some questions you need to think deeply about. Are you in a prison or are you in a spacious place? Shirley and I had some great, great deep fellowship with Catholics that came to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was central in our friendship and fellowship. Did we differ doctrine-wise? Yes. But we had more in common that we had that divide and were different. Were they passionate about Jesus? Absolutely. Life's too short to live with offense and hurt and walls. Life's too short. Too many have walls of wrong thinking about God that He wants to break down. He's not a distant God. He's a God that's near. Some of you, I need to speak peace to your heart. But your heart, there's hostility and there's war in it. Can I say to you, there's a whole community of homosexual, lesbian people that often we keep a distance because they're very different to us. You know what's going to break that wall down? It's loving on them with agape divine love. They've only known lust. They don't know love. What breaks that wall down is that. And I've had to in my own heart and mind wrestle when others have seen me engaging with them. Thinking, what's Wally? He crossed over? No. I'm wanting him, Jesus, to cross over from my heart to their heart. And the only way he can do that is by building a bridge. There's so many hurting, lonely people. What are you doing about building a bridge? I come and watch, yesterday Gabe, I was inviting my neighbor to come, and I said, you've got to come watch the World Cup rugby with me tomorrow night. So he looks at me and he says, I'm sure it's soccer. So I said, yeah, no, you're right, it's soccer, it's soccer, sorry. I'll come and watch it. I know so little about it, but I'll come and watch it if it's just for him. I've got another squash friend that's coming to watch tonight. I'll come just because of him. What do I know about it? Nothing. But if it's to reach out to them to come, I'll be here. What are you doing about reaching out beyond yourself? If the Lord has spoken to you and there's a wall that you want broken down, it's between you and Jesus. He is the ultimate prison breaker. He's the ultimate wall demolisher. And it's faith in Him that causes those walls to come down and those prison doors to fling open. If you 
like me to pray for you. Just stand to your feet in faith this morning. And let's trust Jesus to do what he does best. that are standing, this is an intimate, personal moment with Jesus. And I want you to stir up faith in your heart towards Him, because He's the one that does it. Father, this morning, those that are standing, there's, they mean business, Lord. They want to live life without walls. Father, I pray this morning as they standing, they bring to you this wall that we're believing to come crumbling down like the walls of Jericho. Lord, they're believing to scale walls like David did. Father, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus, whatever that wall is, I speak it to fall down and come tumbling down in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, I pray those walls come tumbling down with its walls of doubt and unbelief and the goodness of God. Lord, whether it's walls of I'm useless or no good, God, I pray they come tumbling down. I pray if they walls of I'm better than others, that they come tumbling down. Father, I pray peace. I speak peace over each and every person that we'll be peacemakers, bridge builders. Father, I declare and pray that over us, two communities here this morning in Jesus name Holy Spirit do a deep work in our hearts and lives do a real work in our hearts and lives a permanent work Lord we want this to be a moment that will create a momentum and an ongoing life change Father I pray and ask that in Jesus beautiful name